Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Cody Sperber back again, and I'm super excited. We're still here in San Diego, and I'm taking advantage of it because I got the amazing, the stupendous, the awesome Dan Fleischman in the studio with me today. It's the first time someone used stupendous for me. I'm really excited. Stupendous. You are stupendous, man. Your shoes are stupendous. What are those? You, John Geiger. What? A, Good luck trying to get him. Yeah, I was going to say. It's absurd the type of following he has. It instantly sells out. Not one minute. Like It just sells out. It goes live and it's just gone. Every time. Literally every time. Are there like guys with like… Um, I, saw, I saw a viral video. You know that like uh, the thing that like you, you massage your… It like massages mm-hmm. your, and they just have their finger and the massage gun on it. It's like the, brrr, the Theragun trying, thing. Yeah, the yeah. Theragun yeah. is trying to get. I gotta get the shoes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, look, man, Dan Fleischman. If you guys probably know, Dan, if you're on social media, you know Dan Fleischman. Um, you're everywhere, dude. Was, uh, and you're from San Diego. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is your 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 stomping grounds. Yep. Okay. So, you know, we know you as a personal branding expert, as probably one of the most successful entrepreneurs. You were the youngest founder of a pub, uh, youngest founder of a publicly traded company. You've done all this cool stuff. You run masterminds. I'm blessed enough to be one of your business partners in, in, in uh, 100 Mill Academy, and we run the Avengers Mastermind together. Uh, but for those people that don't know you, right, give us a little background on the come up, right? Were you all, because like, you're kind of like my savant friend. No, seriously, like, dude, like, you're probably the one of the brightest guys I know. Wow, stupendous I, and bright. Yeah, I like it. yeah. No, so like, like, where, what was Dan Fleischman as a kid like, and how did you become an entrepreneur? So, four years old to eight years old, I was on a swap meet in Orange County, like a little Gary V buying and selling baseball cards out of the back of a van. My parents would sell Levi's jeans, and I would sell baseball cards. Come to San Diego, my parents get divorced at eight. My mom and I come to San Diego. My older brother and my dad stay in Long Beach in the LBC. We come to San Diego and immediately I start selling candy at schools and doing whatever I can to make money. Eight years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, 15 years old. And as soon as I'm allowed to work, 15 to 17, I start working three jobs simultaneously. I work at Ruby's Diner with a sailor's cap on. I work at the Qualcomm Stadium. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks here. Up and down. I had to be the number one sales rep every night. There was 40 to 80 sales reps a night. If I wasn't number one, I promise you the next night I'm going to be number one. I had to be number one every night selling cotton candy and peanuts and Cracker Jacks. And I worked for a stockbroker under the table. So he'd pay me cash to help him around the office. And I thought I was going to be a stockbroker. I thought that was it. I'm going to be a stockbroker as soon as I'm 18. Boom. Series seven. Here I come. So I save up $43,000. That's what I'm going to use to pay for San Diego State University. And then instead, 17 years old, 17 and a half, I start this company called Who's Your Daddy? I trademarked the catchphrase, Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? Right here. How did you Pat- come up with that name? Patrick Henry High School. Um, so my partner, he used to say it all the time. He would say it on the football field. He would say it to girls. He would say it to friends. And everyone took it for a different way. Some people took it like the cocky, like, ha ah, in your face. The girls took it sexually. And then for friends, it was like a comedy thing. Like It was just funny to say to people. And so my older brother and my partner's dad told us, you got to trademark this thing. You got to own it. We're 17 and a half. Yeah, you're right? like, what's a trademark? Right, exactly. Especially this is 1999. Okay, this is a long time ago. Yeah. So we trademarked the catchphrase. I make a bunch of t-shirts, a big, ugly, just just bold, who's your daddy on it. Sell out. 100 shirts, 15 bucks each. I'm a millionaire. I got 1,500 bucks in cash. How did you sell those? At lunch. I just kept selling them at lunchtime. Okay. Literally, so out of back my, my backpack. And so- You were hustling t-shirts. Oh, yeah. All right. So we, we go to our first convention called Magic in Las Vegas. Not even allowed to get in. We didn't know you have to be 21 to get into a casino. And that's it. We write over a million dollars in orders. I'll give you the fast forward version. We write over a million dollars in orders uh, at the show. We got 20 foot booths because we thought we'd be big time. Not 10 feet. We got 20 feet. And on our right is some company called FUBU. They just launched. And it's some guy named Damon John. Has a whole walkway. Like his booth is like literally a small castle. And on our left is also the launch of some guy named Puff Daddy. And there's a brand called Sean John. Looks like an actual castle. Two so you're stories. like sandwiched between yes. Sean John and Fubu? Yes. Who's your daddy? Exactly. And I'm literally 20 feet and I have like a clothing rack that's like got clothes that are wrinkled on it and two girls in a boom box. That's my booth. Yeah. Get and, it? It, and did you have a line? Because that would have been great if like you had all the… We did. You had the line and then we, we they're did. like, who's this We guy? wrote a million dollars in orders. I'm sure Sean John Fubu wrote tens of millions, but we wrote a yeah. million dollars in orders. 
it was like Mervin's, which became, and then we had Miller's Outpost, which became Anchor Blue. We had all these stores buying from us, but we didn't have a manufacturer. Like the samples we made were not from a guy that could actually make our clothes. You were just running and gunning, and Let's then you're go. like, all right, we got to go figure this out. So we find this guy, fast forward again, fast forward story. We find a guy named Christopher Wicks and his son, Christian Wicks, who I'm still very close with. They have a big warehouse and they own a bunch of brands. They own like Hang 10, Ocean Pacific, Body Glove, LA Gear, Fender, Fender Guitars. They own all the licenses to sell these clothes. So they end up making our clothes for us. 19 years old, they're the ones that got us the $9.5 million licensing deal with Starter Apparel. So now we have some revenue, the yeah, royalty money huge. coming in. That's huge. And uh, this whole time, are you just holding on? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm figuring it out in real time. How could you know? There's no Google back then. What am I supposed to do? It's AOL. Did you have a mentor? Anybody? Or were you? Christopher Wicks, the guy. So yeah. that's who you were asking. Yeah. Hey, just show me the path. Yes. And so he helps us get into a bunch of department stores. Everything's going well. And then 23 years old is when we decided to take it public on the stock market. And so... Now we're going to launch an energy drink. So at 22, we decided we're going to do an energy drink. 23, we take it public on the stock market. April Fool's Day, 2005. And that's it. Life changes. Now I'm 23 years old. I'm on CNN, Fox News, everything. As a, I'm a baby, right? I'm 23 years old. Social media doesn't exist. And I'm all over the TV and magazines, et cetera. So the next four years, I can't tell you anything besides sales. I literally don't remember a date, a birthday, a family dinner, nothing. 23 to 27, I just sold. And we got into 55,000 retail stores through 43 distributors who were based here in Carlsbad, San Diego still. And then on 27, I finally decided to resign. I've been doing it from 17 years old to 27, 10 years. And I wanted another feather in my cap. And that's when I started the online poker site with Dan Bilzerian, DJ Steve Aoki, Playboy Playmates, Poker Pros. And again, this is 2007, 2008. There's no social media. Like you have MySpace, Twitter, and there's no Instagram. So we launched a poker site. And uh, I, I mean, I could keep going, but basically that's yeah. where it all kind of happens. So is there still a picture somewhere of you and your sailor hat? For sure there is. Because I definitely want For that. For sure there is. I, I definitely want to blow Absolutely. that up. We, we got we to use that yes. at some of our masterminds. Yeah. And now bringing up to the stage, Dan Fleischman. <laughs> There's a Ruby's Diner right by where our event is this weekend. So we could actually go buy it. Just, just go get one. <laughs> um, okay. So look, so it sounds like once you go entrepreneurship, you never go back. You were yeah. like, I'm not going to, this is the path for me. Yeah. It's, and it's not that I'm against working for someone because obviously I had jobs before. And even in my partnerships, I feel like I'm working with someone or for someone. I'm not against the, the working to save up money to then start your career, start your entre entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I mean, we hear one side with Gary Vee where he tells everyone they could be an entrepreneur. And then we hear Andy Fursello who tells the real world of like, you don't need to be an entrepreneur. You're not cut out for it. And I agree. Most people should not be a CEO. Most people should not be entrepreneurs. You for a lot be, of reasons. You have to be kind of psychotic. Absolutely. You got to be super fanatical. Because I say, even when you're right and you crush and you go do a million dollars in sales the first year, you make nothing. Because if you're right and you make a million dollars in the year, you got to put all that money back in and go try to do two, three, four million. Don't, I don't, you dare take out a dollar if you make a million the first year. Call us, we'll invest in you. Right. And if you don't make a million dollars first year, you got to be a psychopath to keep going. Right. You have to yeah. like, so there, I mean, that could take us a whole hour to talk about, but like, I don't think most people should be entrepreneurs. Okay. How do you know if you have the entrepreneurship bug? Here, here's here, the only reason I, I want people to start a company. Yep. And this is always my pitch to people is always listen, you're not even playing the money game right now. And that's the problem is our system is set up for non-business owners to be stuck. And yeah, you might make a lot of money. And there is one path out of that, which is an investment vehicle. But from a tax standpoint, you're set up, it's rigged against you. And it's harder and harder the more money you make because you get taxed more and more. So you, yeah, you can make a lot of money and invest your way out, but I like it when people at least start a business because now you can write off a lot more expenses. The game is more set up to win. Um, but, but, you know, I, there's probably a difference than owning a small, you know, owning a business than growing a business. Well, there's options there. So what I do is I find quarterbacks to run those side businesses or run that business so that if you're not the entrepreneur, because I did my, my two decades, I put in my time as the entrepreneur, I'm still entrepreneurial. 
But for the most part, if you look at all the things, right? Everbowl and sports card businesses and all the things you guys see me post about, those are run by a quarterback, not Dan. I'm on the group chat. I'm making decisions. I'm helping in the background. But day to day, these are businesses that have, they're way beyond me and they're run by a quarterback. And so you can have that thing that Cody just talked about. That's the first time I ever called you Cody in my life, by the way. His name is Clever. (laughs) We got it here on video and on- Can we edit that out? On audio. (laughs) Uh, Where if you are not the entrepreneur or you're scared, that's okay. Find yourself a quarterback that you can invest into to have that thing that Cody's talking about where they can go on to become the the business that you need to grow and scale. Uh, This is a good time to talk about this because I think a lot of entrepreneurs and real estate investors are going to be watching and listening to this. Um, You know, what you're saying is very wise because it, I know for me, the best thing, I used to think that I could do it all. I used to be the guy and I would charge in like, I could figure this out. I could solve it all. I work harder than everybody. And what I found is that's good to get the energy to get it up off the ground, but it prevents you from really ever scaling. Absolutely. And the best thing I ever did was fail at trying to do it all on my own and then realize this is a team sport. I have to put other people in places in the right seat of the bus, doing the right activities, knowing what we do, why we do it, how we do it, and what's in it for them if they do it with me. So that way we can create that alignment and I can fire myself and move out of the way. And the second I started firing myself as fast as I possibly could, either through automation, delegation, deleting it, you know, whatever that was, the further the business went and the more money we made. Every time I rolled into a meeting and acted like I wanted to be in charge of the meeting, then we would leave and I thought I did a great job and my whole team was in chaos. Right. Do you, did you experience the same thing? Oh, like, Because yeah. it's like, the, as soon as I stopped coming to the, the meetings and other people quarterbacked it and ran it, it was like, oh, we're making a lot of money. And as an entrepreneur, I actually enjoyed my business again. Yeah. Well, all right. So you're you're now uh, you quit, right? You retired. You resigned. What is that? What? Is, how do you just resign from a public company? You're just like peace out. I'm out of here. Yeah, it was just I'd been there for a long time, and we were in those fifty five thousand stores, and I just I I needed to do something else. And, and so, and you were passionate about poker. I loved poker. I was playing it all the time. I was playing all the house games all the time. I just liked poker. I was playing tournaments. Was there was there a lot of online poker? Yeah, there was 550 sites at the time, but there wasn't like a cool poker site. So I wanted to make a cool one. That's why I went and got the Bilzerians and the Aokis and the Playboy Playmates and the young poker pros. Do you just go, hey, uh, hey, uh, uh, Dan, hi. hi. Uh, Dan, my name's Dan, yeah. and uh, I'd like you to be part of my poker site. <laughs> like, how do you get these connections? Like, you're, you're dropping big names. Like, Aoki's huge. Dan's yeah. huge. How do you get them to want to work with you? Equity. You can't pay them. What are you going to pay a guy that makes 100K, 150K, $250,000 to perform 300 nights a year? What are you going to pay Steve Aoki, right? What are you going to pay Bilzerian when he's got tens of millions of dollars and the lifestyle? He doesn't, you can't appeal to those things. And so I had to make it fun and exciting for them. And they had equity. And that, you know, that's what gets them interested. Yeah, I can't go say, hey, here's 100 grand. And you knew them from playing poker? Yeah, so we lived in the same building, Bilzerian and I, um, at Panorama Towers in Las Vegas. And as we started the poker site, over 60 poker players moved into the building because it became the place to be. And Bilzerian had the penthouse there. I had the townhouse by the pool. And so I'd throw the barbecues by the pool. He'd throw the dinners up in his penthouse, 2008, 2009, 2010. And that's how it all really started. We started with content back then. We were making YouTube videos back then that were getting 2 million, 4 million, 6 million views, which doesn't sound like a lot now, but man, back then, that was legendary because you didn't have a way to get it out on TikToks and Instagrams. They didn't exist. Somebody, I don't know if I heard this or if maybe this is true. Are you the one who got Dan Bilzerian onto Instagram? So we did were. I, did I hear something like that? So Instagram was just getting started and we were posting about it and we would talk about it all the time. He obviously downloaded himself, obviously. Uh, but we were doing a lot of fun content together at the very beginning. And there's a couple key times where him and Liverich Media, Jay, the videographer, they came up with some really cool stuff. Like he did a big charity thing. He did one where he put like 30 Xboxes on a table and said, whoever tags the most friends will win these Xboxes. Oh my God. All, all of them? All of the Xboxes? 30, one, people, 30 one. people got one each. Oh, okay. That post, Just I, think, went crazy. I, think, I think he had like 400,000 followers at the time. 
He went from 400,000 to like 1.4 million. I forgot the exact number, but it was insanity. Hundreds of thousands of comments in hours. And then it ended up being like a gazillion comments. It was insane could, to watch. Could, could something like that work now? It's different now. Because it still how, works, by the way. Tag how, a friend. Still how do I blow up on social media, Dan? <laughs> uh, tag, That's what the world wants to know. Tag a friend works when you make it something that people actually want to tag a friend in. And so if you notice, sometimes you'll see me post something like, would you shoot your friend in the leg for $10 million? Tag a friend, right? Or not, sometimes I don't have to say tag a friend. I just say, would you shoot your friend in the leg for $10 million? And they'll tag him and say, yeah, I'd totally shoot you. And then my <laughs> post will get 1,200 comments and like, 600,000 views because people are forwarding it off to thousands and thousands of people and Instagram likes that when people forward it, not just like it. Yeah. And so sometimes I still do the tag a friend type method because it still does work when it's something that people want to tag a friend or it'll be a picture of like a burger that has a pizza slice inside of it and cake on top. Tag a friend that would eat this. Everybody wants to tag a friend and that's silly, right? Yeah. And so that's- So you got to be a little creative with the angle that you're taking- and you probably wouldn't be able to do that five posts in a row. Absolutely. You want to mix that in. You can't be the boy who cried wolf. And if you notice, a lot of the biggest influencers and friends of ours, podcasters and household name celebrities, they're saying it every time. If you make a call to action every single time, like drop a heart. Uh, I, I see. Um, and I, I mean, obviously it works, you know, at credit. He does it every single time. And I'm like, does that work? But he he blew up. Yes. And I mean, he kind of took like, he's like the Asian Dan Bilzerian. He makes a lot of fun content. I was going to say, he's just got chicks all over the place. And I'm like. He rented, he rented the second biggest house in Las Vegas and just threw all these parties and it worked. Yeah, know? it works. So there is, a, there is a, a model there. Well, he made millions of dollars by doing it. So a lot of people don't realize you spend the money on that lifestyle and that content, but he actually monetized it. He charges $2,000 to be on his close friends on Instagram, to be able to watch his Instagram stories. And then he just drops credit tips, like credit now, hacking tips. Thousands of people had paid 2000 1000 times 2000 is how much? $2 million. Yeah, that's crazy. Thousands of people have paid 2000 to watch his close friends. Wow. Thousands. So if you're listening, if you want to be one of my close friends, I, uh, I'm accepting- uh, $1,940. Ethereum, one Ethereum. So, one, one, 1.0001 Bitcoin. That's about what it would be. All right. Well, uh, all right. So <clears throat> since we're on the topic of social media, a lot of people, especially in the real estate game, uh, th they just suck at social media. Um, give people a formula to get their social media game on. Am I, am I trying to be Gary Vee right out of the gates where I have a videographer, they're creating micro content, we're plastering it all over every different platform out there, or am I leaning in on one platform and trying to dominate that? So you get to do both. You can lean in on one platform that you like. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube are usually the platforms people lean in on. But you have to have omnipresence. You have to be on every single platform because you don't know if the people that you want live on Twitter or they live on TikTok or they live on Facebook. The people that love Twitter, they don't really hang out on Facebook and TikTok. The people that are obsessed with TikTok, they don't tweet tweet, right? So you got to be where everyone is and you don't know what that person loves. Where do they live? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. These are all different animals and all different types of fans and followers, but you want all of them. Now, that sounds overwhelming. Just make your content for the one platform that you like. If you love Instagram or you love TikTok, perfectly fine. Make that for that platform. Do all your engagement there. Respond to all the comments there. But take that exact same video or photo, that exact same caption, and go TikTok it, go tweet, tweet it, go Facebook it, go put it on all the other, LinkedIn, et cetera. Go put it on all the other platforms. It's free. What's the risk of taking an extra 21 seconds to tweet it, an extra 16 seconds to TikTok it, an extra 19 seconds to put it on LinkedIn? What is your risk in spending an extra one or two minutes to repost the same content you already made for the main platform? I'm not asking you to do unique content for every single platform. The only platform that needs unique content is YouTube because it's long form content, evergreen content, et cetera. Every other major platform just has to have the exact same content. And don't get tricky. You don't need to be like, okay, at 9 a.m. here and 3 p.m. there. and 7, Just post when people are awake. Mm. If you see my content today, I posted at 9 a.m. And then at 9.02, you'll see it on Facebook. At 9.04, it's up on TikTok. By 9.05, it's on LinkedIn. It's on, I, my exact content is the same on every platform. And guess what? If you follow me on more than one platform, 
just scroll right by. It's okay. But sometimes you won't see it on TikTok and sometimes you won't see it on Instagram because the stupid algorithms, you're not going to see it. So I'm going to post on every platform. And sometimes my TikTok gets 400,000 views. Sometimes it only gets 2,000 views. That's fine. I'm just digging for oil. I'm just going to keep posting and posting. And sometime my tweet will go viral. My TikTok will go viral. I'm just putting myself in a position to get lucky. So what you're saying is don't overcomplicate it. Just get out there, start creating content. Now, what if I feel like I'm new, right? I'm, I'm, I'm new. I'm a new realtor. I'm new to investing. I'm new to, as an entrepreneur. I'm new at whatever I'm into. Like my wife is starting to do somatic release breath work type stuff. Um, what if they feel like, I don't know what to talk about. What am I, what, like if I went live right now, I know a lot of people, they're like, what would I do? So you either want to be an expert in something or passionate about something. So if you're an expert in real estate, great. Make content about real estate and teach people something. Make it interesting to teach people, make them laugh, make it shareable. If you're not an expert yet and you're just getting into the game, make video content about experts. Go look up at Clever Investors videos and make a video of your own showcasing like a split screen or show what Clever Investors said and then you comment on it. There's some great guys out there that just do that. I just forgot his name for a second, but he makes videos every single day in the real estate category. Mikey Taylor. Mikey Taylor makes great content showcasing this woman said this or this famous Warren Buffett said this and you see 10 seconds about it and then he comments on it. Simple. Simple. That's, that's a great, that's great. And there's a lot, I, I, there's a bunch of guys in the, even like the, the rap space where somebody will put out a, a new music video and then they'll play it and they'll do reactions right. to watching it. I mean, shit, you, I could probably just take like Dave Ramsey clips and play that <laughs> and then just talk about just why I agree or disagree, right. right? I mean, like, that's pretty good. Um, uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, um, a lot of people don't even know how to start a business, right? Yeah. It, is it hard? So I literally wrote a book about it to make it not hard. It's called How to Set Up Your Business for Under $1,000 because you can set up a business for under $1,000 today, right now, the second. The internet, mobile apps, made it really easy and so much competition made it really, really cheap or free to do everything. So real quick, ready? Make a website. Doesn't have to be fancy whatsoever. Get all the social media accounts. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube. Free, 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 and free. So so when you say get a website, I'm just going to break it down real yeah. fast. So get a website. So I'm going to go to GoDaddy or wherever, yeah. and I'm going to start searching for available domains. Yes. So and when you have your name, you're going to go to GoDaddy and pick out your so name. So first, pick your name. Yes. All right. So question. This is good stuff yep. because like I get this all the time. All right. I want to be uh, CodyBuysHouses.com. Okay. So CodyBuysHouses.com, that's, uh, so do I set up my LLC, Cody Buys Houses, then I got to go buy CodyBuysHouses.com? Or can my LLC be ABC Investing Corp and my website be CodyBuysHouses.com? Your LLC can be whatever name you want. That's perfectly fine. I prefer it to be the name of what you actually are. So I'd rather it be Cody's Buy Houses. But if it's CBH, the initials of Cody's Buy Houses, that's fine too. The LLC is not really relevant because that's not where people are going or seeing unless they're writing you a physical check or doing a wire transfer and everybody's comfortable writing a wire transfer or check to CBH LLC. Don't overthink the LLC part. That part is just government stuff, right? That's okay. just your corporation. The website is important. And if you can't get the name that you exactly want, add the word the or, or like, my, or right, I, yeah. I, my old website was like theclothingline.com. That was my first website. Cause clothingline.com was taken. Couldn't get it. So I got theclothingline.com. Okay. And went so that's great because I, I tried to buy cleverinvestor.com. Some dude had it. He wanted $5,000 for it. At the time, I didn't have, I, that was like sure. unfathomable right, to like course. pay somebody $5,000 right. for like a domain name. So I just switched the C to a K. I'm like, all right, I'm in business. <laughs> I, I bought the domain for six bucks or whatever. Right. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I'm gonna let you get right back to the episode, but I wanted to share with you something real quick that I think is gonna help your business in a major way. A few years ago, I started a real estate mastermind and we call ourselves the Avengers. It's an experiential mastermind. There's about 175 members. They're all super high level. They're all gaining skills and capabilities. Networking is off the charts. So if you're looking to get plugged into something that's gonna really lift your business up in a major way, check out joinavengersmastermind.com. Watch the video that's on there. Read all the information and see if getting plugged into a mastermind would be right for you. That's joinavengersmastermind.com. Is your domain name your brand? 
It should be. Okay. Your social media account handle should be the same on every single social media platform, and it should be the same as your website. That's the ultimate goal. So at Clever Investor, cleverinvestor.com should be the same everywhere because it makes it easier for you to speak, makes it easier for you to interview, makes it easier for you on stage, makes it easier for you to talk about Clever Investor, Clever Investor, Clever Investor. People know where to go and you don't have to say, well, my website's thecleverinvestor.com or thecleverinvestorllc. You don't want that. Yeah, it's, it's too too difficult to know how to jump from thing to thing. And I I uh, uh, even went and got, you, you said something one time uh, on stage or to me, I forget where, where I heard it, but you said it and you were like, you know, you should be going out and getting your kid's name secured right now on every platform so that way you have it ready for them. And I was like, oh shit, I don't even have my kids' names yet. So I ran and I got them all and set up the accounts and yep. all that because, you know, that's digital real estate. Digital real estate. Once it's taken, you're screwed. Yes. You know, and I had somebody take a uh, clever investor on TikTok. I had to get with TikTok and get it back. Right. You know, it's difficult to do. And I was only able to do that because I'm verified on every other platform. So they were cool and they they worked with me. But uh, that would suck to, um, you know, not have your, the first your name thing people, or your brand. The first thing people do is they look people up on social media or they Google them. Yeah. So for a job for a date, for anything, they're going to look you up online. And so if someone has your child's name and that person is a porn star, an axe murderer, a plumber, whatever, you don't want your child's name to be a plumber or a porn star or an axe murderer, right? None of the above. You don't want it for any of that because your child might be the future attorney or a future mm. real estate agent or a future whatever. You'd like them to be able to own their name. It doesn't cost much. You're talking about zero to... to to get this digital real estate. It's really important to do that with your, tell your staff to do it, tell your friends to do it. But especially for your your inner circle, your family, your business partners, et cetera, you got to own those screen names. All right. So step one, you're going to find out your name, okay? Your LLC, then you're going to go make sure it's available online. If you can, secure the domain. And then you're going to build a website. Yes. It could be a basic website, but just get something up. Just something up. Okay. You're going to do the same thing with all the social media platforms. Social media is next. Right? You're going to grab all the available usernames yep. on all the platforms. Your bio photo is going to be the same on every single platform. Okay. And your bio description will be the same on every platform as well. That's because people have ADD and because we're bombarded with thousands and thousands of names and logos and brands per day. So you want to make it easy that if you wear a red shirt in one photo, make sure you have a red shirt in every single photo. Just congruency yes. all the way through. Okay. And it doesn't even have to have content yet. Right at some point, you want to have at least nine pieces of content just to make it look like a cool page. But you don't need it right at the, out the gate. The next thing you need is you're gonna make a generalized business plan, not a fifty-page one, ten-page. Think of it more like an overview deck, like a pitch deck about your business. The process of you doing it is you're gonna be Google searching the industry. You're gonna be seeing what your competitors do. You're gonna be looking at their sales, their exits, how much have they fundraised, who went bankrupt, etc. And in that process. You might learn that you love this industry more than you thought, or man, you hate it because you realize that, wow, everybody that tried to open a tanning salon went bankrupt in this year, or everybody that tried to do this crushed it and went through the roof and they raised a bunch of capital, or there's so much competition in this, maybe I don't want to do that. So just the process of researching about your industry to make your business plan, again, keep it short, 10 to 15 pages. And in that process, you're going to learn a lot about what you like and what that industry is. And you might figure out way new revenue streams you didn't realize the tanning salon actually makes a bunch of money from massage chairs and teeth whitening. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't know you could charge 120 for teeth whitening and five bucks per hour for five bucks per session for the massage chair. That thing makes an extra 600 bucks a day for that tanning salon, 18,000 a month. That's yeah, a game changer. 200,000 a year. That's more net profit than you thought a tanning salon would make anyways. And it's just massage chair and teeth whitening makes 200K a year. And so just in the process of making that deck is really important for your business. And now, what happens? You have just set up shop, right? You got your LLC, you got a website, you got social media handles, you got a business plan. You look like a real company, yeah, right? you're ready to go. You're going to open up your bank account once your LLC comes back. And now- And, and just for everybody listening, in order to do that, the when you set up an LLC or an entity, they're going to send you what's called, an, in the United States anyway, they're going to send you an EIN number. You take that, you go down to your bank, wherever you want to open up your account and- uh, you bring your LLC paperwork and your EIN number, and boom, you could set up a corporate business account. All right. Now you're going to set up your merchant accounts. 
even you, you don't even know what you're selling yet. You don't have to have it manufactured yet. And it could be know? as easy as Stripe or, yes. you, know, you know, maybe your local bank offers it. All right. So now you're in business. So now think about what just happened. The only things you really paid for was your LLC and your website. How much was that? Lunch money, right? You're talking about $10, $20 for your website name. If you wanted to pay a designer, maybe you're paying them $200 to $1,000. Don't pay five grand. Get someone to do it inexpensively. I, I just got uh, a guy to build Shannon's website, a WordPress site. Really nice custom design though, 1600 bucks for a like an eight, eight or nine page website. Right. I thought that was pretty affordable. Absolutely. I thought it was going to be a lot more, you know. And there's but. plenty of sites you can use now that are, have everything for you that are template style that you literally just pay 10, 20, 30 bucks a month to do it. Like some of them are only five bucks a month. And so, and you can go on Fiverr and literally pay 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks for someone to make you a website. What's cool about what we do for our real estate investors when they use our deal automator software, uh, it builds our websites for them. So everything's all in one their CRM, their websites, their all their investor tools, their data. Literally, it's an all in one tool. They don't even have to think about any of that stuff. Because what we found is most people don't want to become get into real estate to really learn how to run an entire business. Sure. They just want to make money right. flipping houses or owning real estate. Uh, so all of that stresses them out. Yep. And I find that until I built this all-in-one software, I would tell them, go do this, go do this, go do this. And they would dip out. And then maybe a month later, they'd come back and they'd be like, uh, that was a freaking ton of work. Right. And either they got burnt out or they did it and they felt like they did something. And I'm like, dude, we haven't even started yet. That's just the set up. Right. Like now we got to go actually do the business. And they're like, oh, I was like filling all this progress. And I was like, no, not yet, dude. We're our, just getting going. Our friend, Ryan Stuman, hardcore closer, he built one of the coolest things for an entrepreneur. It's called Phone Sites. Phone Sites is dope. PhoneSites.com makes everything so simple to just set up shop. And he keeps adding more and more and more to it to make it look even better and be super, super simple. You can have a website set up in like 10 minutes. Yep. And so there is no excuse to not have a side hustle or an entrepreneurial side of your life. There's no excuse whatsoever. And if you don't want to run it, like we mentioned earlier, you can have a quarterback, meaning like a friend from high school, a buddy, business partner, brother, sister, whatever. They could be the one to run it, even if you want to stay at your core job until that side hustle or that business makes enough revenue for you to jump ship. Okay. All right. So we, we gave some people some business advice. We now know we could start a business for under a thousand bucks. You guys have no excuses. Exactly. Um, all right. So let's say I'm up, I'm making money, I'm kicking butt. You're really known for being like, you see the trends, you're cutting edge, whether it's crypto, NFTs, the metaverse, doesn't matter what it is. You're always like first, first in. All right. So, uh, I'm making money. I have $25,000. What do I do? Okay. So, I like people to spread out their risks so they're not all in on any one thing, right? Some people say, oh, I'm going to take 25 grand and put it all on Bitcoin and cross my fingers. I'm going to take 25 grand and invest in my buddy's music label or clothing line, cross my fingers. I don't go all in on any one thing. I do what's called 40, 40, 20. 40% really boring. So out of 25K, 40% is 10,000. That's going to go to something that hopefully will make me 5 to 9% a year. It's not really going to do much, right? Especially with inflation as high as it is. But I have to have that. I have to have that money out there and I don't want to lose that capital. So it's like going to be really low risk something. Okay. 40% in the middle is your favorite stuff. This is real estate. This is stock market. This 40% is called medium risk, but it actually can't go to zero. Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon, Walmart, Shopify, Netflix are never going to zero. Okay. The house that someone buys for $400,000 is never going to zero. Even if a lightning bolt hits it, they're going to get insurance money back. Yeah. Okay. So it can't go to zero. Can it go from 400K to 320? Sure. But over the course of time, it's probably going to crawl back up and get to 450, 500, 600, et cetera. So this medium risk is not technically risk. It's just it can fluctuate and go down, but it can't go to zero. Then over here is that 20%. This is your shot at glory. This is Bitcoin, Ethereum, NFTs, Metaverse, angel investing into a company. This is your shot at glory. That If you're right and it goes from $20 to 200 or it goes from $1,000 investment to 10000 this can change your financial situation, right? That 10x, 20x, 30x, 50x, things that we hear about, but you can't be all in on that. This has to be a small portion. So in this scenario, at a 25K, 5K can be your gamble. And even then it shouldn't be all in one thing. It should still be one, two, or 3K into each thing. 
And as you go out there and make more money, by the way, this gets addicting. Investing gets addicting. You're not going to want to buy a second car or third car. You're not going to want to buy a second watch or third watch and be extra flashy because you get addicted to investing another 2K in Ethereum, another 4K in some NFTs, and then to buy another two grand in Sandbox or Decentraland and put $5,000 into your buddy and you guys, the four of you are going to flip a house and you put 20K up together to buy some cheap 100K property or whatever in the middle of nowhere. Like you're going to get addicted to investing. Like I'm addicted to investing. I haven't had a car in eight years. I can't fathom buying a Lamborghini. I can't fathom spending a quarter million dollars on a car because I'd rather spend a quarter million dollars investing 50K, 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 50K. The game is so much more exciting than trying to flash some fancy car. You mentioned Decentraland and the metaverse a little bit in there. Um, So where are we at right now with that? You know, it's like, I know so many people and I get these questions all the time because everybody's got FOMO right yeah. now. Nelk just launched their NFT and did, I think, $24 million in 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> Gary Vee did like $90 million and then he's still making money as they yep. resell it. So um, first, educate us, like, what is an NFT? And is that the metaverse? And how, what, where, what, are the me- what is the metaverse? And are there more than one? <laughs> like, how, pull it all together for us real quick. All right. So this will only take three hours. Ready, guys? So yeah. <laughs> NFT is a non-fungible token. You can utilize NFTs in the metaverse, but they are not the same thing. Okay. NFTs are things like digital art or things that have utility. So when you see something like the Board Ape Yacht Club or CryptoPunks, those are things that have art. And the only true utility to them is like you can be in like secret group chats and you can you get to be extra cool. And that's why a lot of celebrities and rappers enjoy it. It's like a really cool kids club at the high end when you're talking about bored apes, crypto punks. But there's a lot of things that you see every single day, different monkeys and giraffes and sharks and whales and different designs you see every day that are popping up and selling out 10,000 NFTs and some limited drop. And you see all the hype and influencers posting it. That is mostly art that doesn't have any utility or function to it. An NFT that has function to it would be Gary V with V Friends. With that, you can go to VCon. 10,400 people are going to go to Minneapolis this year to his conference, which is similar to like a 10X or Elevator Nights, et cetera. It's a big event. Only 10,400 people can go. You cannot get in without the NFT. Okay, There's no other way. You cannot buy a physical ticket. You have to have this digital NFT. Now, that's for the next three years. So VCon is going to happen every year for the next three years. But on top of that, instead of just originally it was 2K to 4K to buy that the baseline VFRIEND, good luck buying one for 30K right now. So the, the, the floor used to be 3K. Yes. Now it's 30K. somewhere over 30K. Yes. And wow. that's, it's only been, what, not even half a year. And, and that's because people feel that it's valuable because of these events? So or, that's, that's the baseline. Okay. Okay. Then you're betting on Gary V. There's ego involved. There's the fact that he's one, if not the most famous entrepreneur of all time, and he's going to keep going. There's the inner circle. You want to be able to go to the events. So there's that. People want, they have FOMO. They want to be able to be there. People that know that he's going to put on an awesome event and bring a bunch of great talent together, they can lease out their NFT. They don't even have to go. Let's say you don't want to go to Minneapolis. You don't want to go to the conference. You could literally rent out, lease out your NFT just for that weekend because nobody else can go without it. People will pay you thousands of dollars or probably more than that to go because Cody and I want to go. But mm. maybe we don't have a friend. We do, but maybe we didn't have a friend. Now we have ways to go because we can pay someone thousands of dollars to just borrow, rent, lease their NFT for the weekend. Then he has different versions. I just use him as the example of utilities. He has Hangout Hawk. Hangout Hawk means you get to go on FaceTime with Gary Vee multiple times throughout the year. That's a utility. There's a version for podcasts. You can book them for your podcast because you own that NFT. You can sit courtside at the, the New York Knicks game because you have that NFT. He has different versions that are more and more expensive. The one that I went bought the most of was called the Gifting Goat because every quarter, Gary Vee is going to send you a gift. Well, I'm going to bet Gary Vee is going to send some dope gifts, right? And he's going to send it every quarter for years. That's cool. I bought a bunch of those. When I first bought them, they were around $17,000. I had to sell a couple because it was $130,000 and $110,000. I paid seventeen. They went up that much? I love Gary, but I had to sell a couple because holy smokes. Like I, That's why I bought a bunch of them instead of just one because 
I bet on the fact that he would go to 30K or 50K or 70K. Couldn't expect it to go to 110, $130,000 like that. Wow. But now gifts start showing up from Gary. That's utility. So his is the most utility-friendly one to think about. And then let's go over to the metaverse. The metaverse is like a digital world. Okay. The hard part to comprehend is there is not one metaverse. There's Decentraland. There's Axie Infinity. There's a new one called Big Time, which me and my friend Adam Weitzman, we just put a million dollars into Big Time to buy digital land. And we're going to spend a lot more building inside of Big Time. There's a lot of these metaverses that are coming out, but the most craziest, weirdest part is the vast majority of the planet thinks that Meta by Facebook is the metaverse. And it's going to always be that way because they're the most famous brand on the planet. They have the most access. They have over 2 billion users. They're going to get to 3 and 4 billion as internet gets better in third world countries. And so for the most part, people are going to think that Meta is the metaverse. That's going to be one struggle. However, Apple's going to make one. Pokemon's going to make one. Most every ma- Marvel's going to make one. Most every major corporation that matters, that has that culture, will make their own metaverse. That's going to be the confusing part, that you might be in sandbox and I'm in Decentraland and you're in Axie Infinity, we're not hanging out together. We might say, hey, come meet me here. We can't meet you there because we're in different worlds. Think of it like Antarctica and Africa and England or Mars, Venus, Pluto, and Jupiter. These are actual different universes. Different planets is what these metaverses are. And in there, you're seeing people do meetings. You're seeing people play in casinos. You're seeing people play poker. They're going to a gym in the metaverse. I know it sounds weird. But it's like playing real life Sims. You're like you're actually going. And so is the meta just for people that now and just I'm asking questions as if I don't know sure. any of this stuff because I think it's important for people listening. Um, and I asked you all these questions, and I I uh, it's important for people to know. Is the metaverse just video games? Like it's a it's like when I watch my son play Fortnite. Yes, and I'm watching him run around, and he buy he buys skins, and he gets different tools, and he goes to different parts of the map. Is that the metaverse? So like I'm going to put on my my virtual reality goggles yep. and I'm going to log into big time yep. and I'm going to be playing the big time game. Yep. And basically as I'm running around and I decide I'm going to eat at the sushi restaurant to get some health in my, in my, like my character needs to health up. For sure. And that's how the sushi restaurant in big time makes real money and it's paid through crypto. And is that, am I thinking of this Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. So somewhere like big time is very game focused, right? It's P to E, play to earn. Like people can go there without any money and actually make money just playing every single day. And what kind of money? Crypto? Yeah, everything's going to be in it. Okay. So the world is moving towards this digital money. Yes. And is it, it's big time's version of crypto. So they come out with their own coin. Yes. And you're playing with these coins. Correct. So you use other types of crypto sandbox, to either get in. Sandbox, Decentraland, they all have their own coin. So uh, Sandbox has sand. Yes. Got it. All right. So you got to learn the rules of each one of these metaverses. There are people in literally in warehouses with thousands of people in them playing on these games, making 30 to 40 bucks a day. Doesn't sound like a lot to you. You're in Thailand making 40 bucks a day. I mean, you're in the top. Right, hold on, hold on. Let me back up because this, this sounds like when I first heard about people mining for crypto. Exactly. Okay, so this is a money-making opportunity. I can make money playing games yes. in these. In, in this, so like a crypto farm would be a whole bunch of these, you know, computers yep. mining crypto. Is a guild, I've heard you yep. use that word a bunch, is a guild a bunch of people playing the video game? Correct. Exactly to earn this. money. Yes. So they're like human because you and I, let's say it's yes. like literally a farm of human. You and I, let's say crypto we, makers. Let's say Dan and Clever Investor want to buy land, but we don't necessarily have time to play in that game. We would hire a guild or partner with a guild to have them play on our land or construct something. Literally build. Let's build Billy Gina's marketing's office on our land, and let's build this cool podcast studio on our land. Dan and Clever, we're not going to do that. Right? We just don't have the physical time for it. We will pay. X amount of dollars per hour, or we will partner on the revenue of that space, of that land. And a guild of players will go there and actually construct the Billie Jean building and construct the Billie Jean podcast studio. And we'll construct construct the Wes Watson gym next door to it. And we'll construct 
the victory poker room next door to that. And each one of these buildings or this digital real estate has a functional purpose where um, it helps people in the game somehow. Yes. Okay. Right. So either health up or get weapons or, you know, I don't know. Because like I see like, or look cool. Yes. Right. Just look cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can flex. You can have shoes that make you fly or whatever. Um, Okay. And uh, which, which, because these metaverses have been around for a while. Yeah. Much longer than I thought. Like Sandbox and Decentraland have been around for like a decade or something. We're just hearing about it now? Yes. What took so long? What, what? The same reason people are just hearing about Bitcoin 11, 12 years later. I was talking about Ethereum in 2017. I, was, I installed the first Bitcoin ATMs in a casino in 2014. Imagine talking to a governor and a mayor and a casino owner in 2014 about a Bitcoin ATM. They're it's like, confusing now. What, what are you the, talking about? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So um, I want to get in. Everybody's got FOMO. Oh, yeah. Right? They, everybody wants to get in. Do I need crypto? To buy land in the metaverse. So you can use credit cards on some platforms, right? Like big time, you could use a credit card. You do not have to have Ethereum or Solana. But for the most part, Ethereum and Solana are going to be your best ways to buy into most metaverses. Okay. And then I got to figure out, how do I buy this land? Like, okay. So now they have these marketplaces. Okay. And uh, and I know Coinbase is about to come out with the big NFT marketplace Massive. Where would I go? Yeah, I heard they have like 3 million people on a wait list already. Um, what's the other NFT marketplace? OpenSea. OpenSea. Um, I heard uh, that they only have a million people on o- theirs. OpenSea does around $200 million a day mm. in revenue. So think about that. It, and, and they have and, a million people and Coinbase is about to drop theirs and they already have 3 million people on a wait list. That place is going to print. So when you asked earlier, money. where are we? Think about how small those numbers are. One million and three million sound like a lot. What are you talking about? There's 300 million humans in America. There's seven billion in the world. Let's say out of seven billion, only one or two billion can actually do this and understand it and have the electronics for it because two billion humans don't have electricity. There's a lot of sad situations and the internet sucks for a billion of them. So there's really only like two or three billion people that can actually get into the, the, the internet metaverse NFT space. That'll change over time, right? The internet will get better. Wi-Fi will get better around the world. Technology will get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Laptops will get cheaper. Phones will get cheaper. At some point, we'll get paid to have a cell phone. We'll get paid to have a laptop because they'll be serving us ads. So eventually, the whole world will have it. You just said 1 million and 3 million. $200 million a day is being exchanged on OpenSea with just a couple million people. So imagine what happens when it gets to 5 million and 10 million and 30 million and a 50 million and 100 million. Does 100 million sound like a lot? Nothing. What is 100 million in a place that has billions of people? This much, we are. We're not even in the like first base. We're not even in the first inning. Nothing. We're nowhere. We just haven't even started yet. So what you're saying is now is the time to get serious. Pivot. Start learning about this, and and figure out a way to get in. All right. So I'm staring at the sandbox map. Yep. And the only piece I can afford is over in this far corner over here, and it's you know still a stretch because it's you know for Ethereum or whatever, but it's in the Corner, 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 and there's nothing over there. Yep. Should I buy that? Get with your friends and put up 200 bucks each, 400 bucks each, and go in on something together. Okay, but even say I have to buy the corner piece, because that's all we can afford. Totally fine. Just grab it. Of course. Get it. Well, okay. Would you like to buy the corner of New York City? Yeah. They're going to build there sometime, right? Like they're gonna But get, I don't understand gonna... the map yet. I'm new. I just know it's in the corner, and I know I can afford it. You, and I got FOMO. You don't have to have Manhattan. You don't need to have Fifth Avenue. You don't need Times Square to make money. Get next to Times Square. Get next to Manhattan. Get next to Fifth Avenue. Get next to those places. And eventually, there's a place called New Jersey. New Jersey is really freaking expensive to live in, too. It wasn't before because everybody focused on New York. Go to New Jersey. Go to Connecticut. Go to Boston. Get around. So this is just like the real world. Eventually, through creep, we're, we're going to expand to the point where that corner piece becomes super valuable at some point. Now, I have my 3D goggles on. I'm running around this digital map, okay? And I decide I'm going to go explore over by Atari, and Atari has its own games. And then I go, oh, there's Snoop Dogg Land. And I go over and I watch a concert with Snoop Dogg. And then I'm like, oh, Disney just bought a bunch of stuff. Let's go ride a roller coaster, hang out with my favorite characters. I'm doing all this stuff. When somebody passes through... I, can I just run through your land eventually? And it's like, 
I'm hoping that my digital, like, let's say on my land, I just put up a digital billboard because I think very, sure, stri- you know, just very normal. I'm like, I'm just going to buy this land. I'm going to figure out how to put a digital billboard. I'm going to sell advertising space. Absolutely. Because my hope is someday there's 100,000 people that run by it a day. Of course. And there will be. Okay. And that'll be a small number. And it's a digital billboard, so I can sell eight spots, you know, eight seconds every minute. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I got seven, eight spots I can sell. And now I'm in business. I got a digital, I got a billboard business in the metaverse. You can do that today. And it'll cost you lunch money. You could literally do it. With the, you don't have to buy things for thousands of dollars. There's plenty of stuff. This will be very clear. Everything we talked about, NFTs, Bitcoin, Ethereum, metaverse, you can start with a few hundred dollars. You do not need to buy a full Bitcoin for $40,000 or $3,000 for an Ethereum. You don't. You can literally buy 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. And then when you make a little bit more money next month, you buy another 100 bucks, 200 bucks. And then you got your bonus check. Boom, you bought 400 bucks, 500 bucks. It's all compounding and adding up over the course of time, especially for most of your listeners that are 22, 27, 35, 40. You're young. Time adds up. And just putting out 100 bucks here, 50 bucks here, 500 bucks here, it feels overwhelming because you're like, oh, Bitcoin's 40 something thousand dollars. Ethereum's almost $3,000. I can't afford that. You don't have to. You don't have to literally put in 100 bucks on the key Cash is just start or Coinbase. Yeah, yeah just start. Um, you, you know when it really tr- uh, kind of clicked for me? When I was talking to Cole and Cole's like, yeah, my buddy has a, CB- a digital CBD store in the metaverse that ships out real CBD from his real CBD store. And so somebody runs around and goes into the C- digital CBD store and they click some buttons and s- spend some crypt- crypto. Right. And at their real house, real CBD shows up. Right. And I was like, oh, this is actually like a real, real, like we're crossing back over into the real world. And this is like a thing that like, these, this is why all these brands are hitting it. They want the eyeballs and they, they're going to make a ton of sales. Especially with traveling getting harder and less and just being so different and so, so many people working virtually and remotely. Imagine you now moved out to the middle of the desert or you live out in the forest or you live in a foreign country. You can now experience everything, right? You, you said I can go to Disney. I can watch Snoop Dogg. You can do that from Uzbekistan in the middle of a tiny apartment and you've only got 300 bucks a month. You can now get to watch Snoop Dogg for real in the fake world, in the metaverse. And the concerts are cool. They're so cool. Yeah. They're so cool. And there's so much more special effects that Snoop Dogg can't do in real life. Now there's freaking rockets and lasers and aliens dropping down in the metaverse. For Snoop Dogg, I get to watch at 7 p.m. in Uzbekistan in my $300 apartment. Like, that's where the world is going and the digital world is going to give those people access all over the planet that technically can't afford the things to go ever see Snoop Dogg in real life or ever go to Disneyland or Disney World in real life. They can now do that from their apartment. All right. How do people follow you, Dan Fleischman? So just like we gave advice about it, I have the exact same screen name across every single social media platform on the planet. It's just Dan Fleischman. All right. We talked about a lot of good stuff on this episode, man. You crushed it. Um, Look, if you're listening to this and you're not following Dan, you absolutely should. Um, He is a great friend of mine, a business partner, and somebody I go to as one of my personal mentors for a lot of different things, especially when it comes to cutting edge technology. And uh, thank you for uh, gracing us with your amazing, what did I call you, stupendous? Stupendous. Stupendous presence today, Mr. Fleischman. Thank you. Go follow Dan. And for everybody else, we'll see you on the next episode. Until then, take care, comb your hair, we out.